everybody from whenever, wherever you may be listening, watching, this is The Yard Sign, uh, Florida's most influential podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, Johnny Torres with you with a very special episode today. As you know, we uh, I've always seen The Yard Sign in kind of an evolutionary process. Uh, for those of you who've been following us now for a Gosh, I think we've been doing this podcast about five years. Um, it is, you know, it's always changing. You know, we used to have about four or five, six people in the room, um, you know, and now, you know, we have kind of uh, a, a cycle of guest hosts and guests and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and so it's always changing and, uh, and continues to change. And one of the things I've wanted to do for a long time is to profile uh, the candidates that are running, uh, not only here in the Tampa Bay area where we're based out of, but uh, uh, also throughout the state of Florida. And so uh, just be following all of our platforms uh, so that you can stay up to date with all the candidates that are running in your area and across the state. And we hope to bring you some engaging and informative conversations. Today, of course, being no different, uh, I'm excited to, to have a first time in this studio uh, as uh, really our one of our candidate profiles is uh, Rico Smith. And uh, Rico is running for Hillsborough County Commission, District 6, and that's a countywide seat and uh hello rico hey thank you johnny thank you for having me here today thank you so much for being here uh it's exciting to have you in the room it's, it's been exciting to watch you kind of uh, you know really come out from uh just being a, a tampa bay resident you know to now just being all over the place uh you're coming off a uh, a bit of a an honored uh as as an honored guest i believe of the tampa bay buccaneers is that right uh y yes coming I, off of veterans day thank yes, you for your service thank you, thank you for for your support and i appreciate that yeah yeah so you know born and raised here in tampa and uh, we, we really have been building up the foundation the groundwork over mm -hmm. the past you know a few years you know because networking is power sure and you know i thought it was inevitable um that i will one day run for office um but didn't really know where we would start where we would have the biggest impact in the community yeah and um you know we, we seen fit that hey you know hillsborough county commission Countywide seat mm -hmm. in 24 was where we're going to really go plant the stake um, and take it from there. Well, and that really excites me because oftentimes uh, the average person mostly pays t uh, attention to national issues. Yeah. And it's the, I think, natural inclination just because of our general knowledge to say, oh, well, I'm going to run for Congress or I'm going to run for Senate or I'm going to. And first, most people have no idea what they're getting into when they go to run for an office like that. Second of all, that's a very small pool uh, in the overall scheme of things. You know, that's like saying, oh, I'm going to go be in the NFL. You know, it's I mean, the, the amount of people that actually get that opportunity is incredibly small. Um, not realizing that there's an easier way, right? Uh, there, there's kind of a side door, which is local politics, where you can even have a bigger impact than you ever could in Congress. Uh, and it's, so it excites me when we have new faces uh, and that, you know, again, it, uh, have a passion for this community uh, and want to make an impact and, and under, understand the value of starting at the local level and and really making a difference here and then learning your ropes and then you know from there who knows right that's right that's right it, it, it's really making the impact in the local community and from there you you know being that i'm born and raised here I, yeah i know the community i've seen the community grow exponentially you know throughout my lifetime here i and, bet 
you know, being able to know those issues and and then champion those issues, right, at the highest level locally yeah. to make an impact, right? The one thing I, I love to mention is that I'm 27 years old, and, and one day I will raise a family here. Mm-hmm. I, I've lived here, I grow here, and I and, and I worked here. And You're invested. I have, I have Absolutely. invested and I have skin in the game. Yeah. So anything that I implement, I legislate on here at the county level, I'm going to bear witness to sure. 5, 10, 15 years from now. Yeah, right? and, and you'll be, you know, again, you'll reap the benefits and you'll also, you know, uh, be experiencing the consequences, right? Um, it, and yeah. I think what, uh, as most people, I think, you know, the, the question you probably always get, and you even said, like, you, you've had this idea in your, in, in your mind for some time to run for office. So, so what, what drove that? What, what sparked that desire? Cause that, of course, it, it's not like saying, Hey, I want to be a fireman when I grow up, you know, it's not, you know, what drove that desire to say, Hey, I want to make an impact on my community and someday I want to run for office. Well, uh, yeah, I, I love to reflect back uh, on my childhood. You know, I, was, I was raised here. My, my grandparents, you know, actually raised me. My, my parents were pretty young when they had me. And if it wasn't for my grandparents, I, I, and I give them, you know, the due glory and honor because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. Wow. And so it, as growing up and I remember watching, you know, the inauguration in 2009 of Obama and I thought, wow, OK, hope and change. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward, never did come to my community, my household. Right. And so when I fast forward, I thought, well, well hey, you know, how do we bridge the gap? Uh, between ourselves and our elected officials, right? Where do we start? Um, and I, I always look back at the root of, you know, empty, failed promises time and time again from mm-hmm. our elected officials. And so, you know, when I went off, I graduated uh, from high school, joined the military, enlisted in the Air Force, uh, did my uh, six and a half years enlisted, and then just commissioned last year as a finance officer at MacDill. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and, and that's when I really begun to, to really look at the community mm-hmm. as a whole. And, and, and so the passion really grew from looking at my childhood experiences of, okay, I want to be able to make impact and change yeah. something greater than myself. And then uh, earlier this year, you know, I helped out uh, Blake Casper. You know, he ran for city council here, absolutely uh, in Tampa, District Four. And and for those and, who don't know, who, who may not be from here, or maybe just not know, I mean, so the Casper family, I believed until recently, owned uh, all the McDonald's in right. the in the in the region, um, and uh, they have since I believe sold their their franchises. Yes. Um, but also own you know the uh, Oxford Exchange, um, and I'm forgetting the new property over on Bayshore. Yeah, Stovall um, House. The Stovall House, yeah. right? You know, and, and I mean, but these, again, talking about investing in the community, I mean, these people have changed hundreds, if not thousands of lives through their investments um, uh, in our community, you know, through business, right? Yes, and yes. and they continue, and, and a lot of people don't see what the Caspers do behind the scenes, you know, in terms of helping candidates, uh, their philanthropical, you know, d- donations and efforts. Um, but yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, deeply rooted in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, they are an entire family is just incredible. And so, you know, helping out uh, Blake with his campaign, you know, we, we sat down afterwards and said, you know, maybe you know you should run for office. Right? Maybe it shouldn't you know shouldn't be me. 
And you know, I've heard that, you know, because I really got involved in politics back in 2020 with Congressman Bill Arrakis. Oh, uh, wonderful. Yeah. Know, and uh, for many who don't, many not know him, um, he's a congressman for the uh, 12th Congressional District. Right. And that kind is- Kind of the northern part of Tampa Bay. Yeah, Pasco, yep. Citrus, Hernando counties. And mm-hmm. so I remember meeting him in DC and he was- Huge advocate for veterans. Huge advocate for veterans, yep. stand-up guy. His father was also a congressman, but he really took me under his wing and said, hey, I see something in you. I want to help mold you, you know, into a, you know, already being a respectable young man, but then now to be able to help you network. Well, and I want to point out something about what you're, what you're bringing to the table right now, because I, again, I like to take a very different approach. I don't want to just talk about your campaign. I also want to educate people out there that may be thinking about running at some point um, or, or taking some part in the political process, which is you've done your homework. Yeah. You know, and I think oftentimes there are some phenomenal people out there that have run for office that don't do their homework and they don't spend their time on other people's campaign. They don't spend their time talking to successful candidates, talking to failed candidates. And and I don't mean failed candidates in a negative light. I mean, again, there's, you know, what we now know is failing upward. You know, these are people that, again, you're now learning firsthand as a candidate the commitment that it takes to your time uh, and your resources, including your financial resources, yeah. you know, to run for office. It's a huge commitment. Yeah. And 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 it's also not always pretty. I mean, not you know, not everybody you meet is going to like you and and have nice things to say and, and and be all gung ho about your candidacy. And so all that to say is, is that I appreciate you taking the time to uh, before jumping into uh, running for office that, again, you did your diligence in aligning yourself with some incredible people. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, and, and a campaign, I mean, before you just go ahead and a lot of people just love to go ahead in, uh, but it's really about canvassing, surveying mm-hmm. the landscape, seeing you know, where you can best make an impact. Uh, yeah, you know, and the greatest impact, uh, and and so, with me, you know, going back to you know the the Bill Arakis story, you know, being really taken under his wing and under his mentorship, back in you know the summer of 2020, in the middle of COVID. From there, he it was it was the door knocking, it was the fundraising, it was experiencing and looking at a successful candidate, and then throughout that meeting, other people who had ran and maybe have failed, or. Mm-hmm you know, wanted to serve and, and, you know, do a different capacity in the community. Well, uh, we've and, seen now, we've uh, seen I know that, that you've met uh, Bernie Jacques yeah, and, you know, Bernie friend. is also an incredible story because, yes. uh, again, in, in, you know, he, he's been a friend for a long time, but he's an attorney. Uh, he's uh, just, he, he's always had his heart, you know, for service, you know, he's, uh, I believe part of the, um, little brothers, big sister, big brothers, big sisters, right. um, organization and done amazing work there. But he ran, I think it was three times and was not successful until the final time, you know, and it goes back to that determination and having your heart be in the right place. Um, uh, because again, people forget like Lincoln, you know, ran for office many times and failed. And then it's kind of a cliche example. But again, we have an example in Bernie Jacques that, you know, um, not to get too much into what he went through, but the tide was very much against him. Uh, it was not an easy uh, trot for him on either side of the aisle, really, to get elected. But he was determined and he did the work. Like That's you right. said, he did the things that a lot of candidates don't realize they have to do. And and they and until they've gotten into 
the campaign mode and then yes. they realize, oh my gosh, I don't want to do any of this, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's, it's not, you know, you're not going to enjoy every aspect of it. That's right. You know, there's people who don't like fundraising. There's people who don't like canvassing. There's people who don't like making phone calls. And guess what? You got to do all of that. You do all and of then that. some. And it's such, it's such a, it's, it's so arduous because it's such a big time commitment, you know, and, and, and having a full-time job, having, you know, wife, kids, family. Oh my gosh. Right. You just add it all up. And so, you know, back to, you know, to your point about Bernie Jock, and we'll close it out, is that, you know, being able, you know, he's proved himself tremendously. Mm-hmm. I mean, he prevailed and had perseverance, and that's what it takes to be a successful candidate, yeah. right? And has now had a successful first session. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so so that's what it really comes down to. People don't realize, and one thing I've heard, you know, over the past few weeks is, oh, you're so lucky to have the opportunity. It's not about luck. People don't, <laughs> people don't see the, the hard work, the yeah. endless nights. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I'll have 20-hour days sometimes. And it's, it's, it's the what you give up because you give a piece of yourself, a big piece of yourself yeah. out to the community, out to others. And, you know, and it's always about campaigns, right? You have landmines, well, you have fires you got to put out daily. And that you're exposed yourself in yeah. a very different way and yeah. we don't have to because it's uh, it's 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 un it's irrelevant unless you want to bring up maybe some sort of example but uh once people learn of your politics and and certainly even more so once you become a candidate yes. and you approach them people that you thought were friends maybe even some family members mm-hmm. uh and not again not everybody's going to be on board not everybody's going to be supportive yeah uh but yeah. you do find out who your friends are who your support is in a heartbeat i mean you know, not everyone's team rico right <laughs> right and, and and then you have people who you didn't think were team rico and they'll come out and go oh my god we were your champion the whole time well ah, where were you so you yeah. really have to be cognizant you know of your surroundings you know who are friends who are foes and so you know one thing that this has been very eye-opening for me is you you see the time commitment you see you know what you have to give up it's it's really a selfless servitude Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to give out more of yourself than you take in giving more than what you receive and it's a lot of people unfortunately i think now is that we've seen elected officials time and time again you know, these career politicians and it is, you know, now we have, there's a bad stigma around politics right? yeah. as, as we know. And it, it's really taking someone who's a grassroots, someone who's deeply cares about the community and is not in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I, I'm running now when I, um, you know, back to finish off my point earlier about Blake Casper, um, after hearing and sitting down with him and a few weeks right after that, I met with Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna. Oh, wow. Uh, who's our congresswoman over yeah. in Pinellas. Uh, Again, another candidate who was not successful initially, Yeah, you know, but came yeah. back fighting and stronger. She's, and you know, and, yeah. and yeah. again, I think for a lot of candidates, you, you need to have that learning curve. Yes. You know, there, there needs to be that first try. Yes. And that's also why I recommend to a lot of especially younger candidates, you know, hey, go for city council, go for county commission. And it's level. not that I don't believe yeah. in them for that they can achieve higher office. It's that I know there's that learning curve. You have to under- learn how many phone calls you have to make to fundraise, how many doors you have to knock to, you know, even put up a respectable showing in the polls um, uh, on election day, uh, and and tr- the true commitment that it takes. Again, you know, to your time and your resources, uh, and to your network, you know, to run for office. That's right. um, and so, uh, again, some of the strongest people, you know, Jackie Toledo is another example. She's not currently in office, but she wasn't successful her first time around. And she kind of went 
like doubled down because she initially ran for city council and then ran for state representative, you know, so she's like, she went for a harder office to secure and ended up being incredibly successful and, and, and had, I think she turned out of office, uh, you know, but very successfully and left Tallahassee as one of the strongest fundraisers, um, that, that they'd seen. But again, it's, it's, it's a process that very few people truly understand yes. or know until you've actually been there. That's right. Again, it's about the perseverance. Yeah. And so uh, after meeting with Congresswoman Luna, she said, hey, well, you know, have you thought about running for office? Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I have. Uh, well, if you do, you know, you would have my support. And so after that, I said, okay, well, I, I've heard this now twice. Yeah. And when um, a few weeks after that, I'm back in Tampa and, you know, word had gotten to me that Mary Ella Smith, who is now my Democrat opponent, was running, going to run uh, for office. She had the intent to file. Mm. And I said, all right, this, this is someone who stood behind the mass mandates, the COVID lockdown restrictions, the 9 p.m. curfew, so that we can, we can have that, you know, desperately hurt small business. School lockdowns. Right? School I mean, lockdowns. now we've learned, I mean, how devastating yeah. those school lockdowns oh, yeah. We see the effects of that now, you know, three, four mm -hmm. years later, yeah. what, what is had on childhood development, right? Yeah. And so I said, we cannot allow that to come back to the county commission. Well, let me go back to something that you kind of opened up with, because I see it, and I don't think people really see it as much as they should. You having been born and raised here. I've lived, you know, both in the eastern part of the county, uh, where I do now, and in the western part of the county. Uh, I lived in for a period out in town and country. And as exciting as it has been to see the growth and the change um, that Tampa has had, you know, that now we are literally on the map nationally, internationally. I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible, right? But to touch on something you said as someone who's grown up here, there are neighborhoods that haven't changed in 60 years. There are neighborhoods that have not felt that impact. Um, and, and even those that, you know, have unfortunately gone through, let's say, gentrification. Um, again, those adversely affect the people that need the help the most, right? And so, really, where do you find your focus being? You know, where, where, where it's, it's, I always say that, you know, the first campaign I ever worked on, his, he was passionate about autism and he wanted to go to Tallahassee to implement legislation about autism. What, what is that driving kind of? impact that you want to have? Where, where do you start, if, if, you know, as Rico Smith, Hillsborough County Commissioner? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you for mentioning, uh, you know, my background on that. I'm, so I grew up in East Tampa. Uh, I mentioned East Tampa is predominantly black community, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, lower you know, uh, socioeconomic status. And, you know, I, I went to elementary, uh, middle school and high school there, wow. all within that, you know, five mile, you know, radius from my home. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the helicopters flying overnight sometimes looking, you know, for a suspect. I remember the police cars coming up and down the street. I remember being, you know, I think nine or 10 years old and someone forcibly trying to break into our home through the garage. But luckily we had burglar bars on the window wow. in my mom's room. Right. Yeah. I remember these stories vividly. And but yet I'm not a byproduct of my community. And now, you know, so East Tampa, you look at Drew Park, you look at, you know, areas out in East County that, to your point, have not changed in decades. Right. Mm -hmm. But now, get, knowing the experience that I bring to the table, the network that I have uh, behind me, the supporters I have at the at a countywide level, I love that because I can look at all issues within this county, not just within the district. I want to be able to bring all the stakeholders, right, 
all of the community leaders to the table because one thing I, I love to say and I truly and I firmly believe this is that you don't have to be a subject matter expert in one area. That does not make a successful elected official, doesn't right. make a successful leader. What makes a successful leader is being able to bring multiple individuals to the table to delegate and to lead. Right. And, and, and so that's where I most and hold people about. accountable too. And you hold them accountable because when I worked for Senator Rubio's office, I mean, there was a project that I took on that really had nothing to do with the federal office. Yeah. I mean, in any way, shape or form, but there were people in our community that needed help and, um, and, and they were not getting the response that they should have been getting from our county government. And when they approached me, and said, you know, is there anything the senator can do? And I said, well, there's nothing the senator can do specifically, but as an office, we can certainly kind of put some pressure on the powers that be and, and see what we can, you know, see if we can shake the tree hard enough to get some things done. And we did. You know, we got everybody into a room and said, okay, why is this happening? And sure enough, that community started to change immediately. Why? Because we were holding them accountable. Yes. And they knew that people yes. were watching them and holding them accountable. That's right. The, the, see, the Office of County Commissioner holds a great deal of influence uh, within the county and even, I would argue, at, at, at the state level. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our office is able to delegate, to able to reach out, pick up the phone and connect you with the right resources. And so... What, what, I, what I love and what I bring is that my candidacy and even once I'm elected will always have transparency and accountability. It's going to remain the cornerstone throughout. And that's one thing that we need to bring back. And not only just politics, but, you know, um, but just in your life and your lifestyle. Right. Mm -hmm. And you look at the, you know, the, the, the county commission has gone through very turbulent times over the past few years. But it's, it's, it's time to bring in a candidate. It's time to bring common sense back to the county yeah. commission. And, well, and, be, yeah, because, for instance, you know, with the recent shooting that we had in Ybor yeah. City, um, as unfortunate as it is um, and, and, and as tragic as it was, the the response. Yes made no sense the proposals that have come out of it make no sense the 1 a.m curfew it's like yeah, the business, yeah what, what is that going to do other than yeah. hurt businesses yeah. Yeah. you know especially when at a, at a time when ebor in now our recent history has been successful and people are moving into the area and businesses all times of the day are flourishing mm -hmm. you know now you're going to go ahead and, and kind of you know you're you're, you're going to put one hand behind their back you know because of you know, some things that you can't control. Yes. You know, because again, there were 50 police officers on site. Yeah, there were know. over 50 police officers present. Here's my thing. When something like that tragically happens, and you have to be able to say, okay, now let's bring in our local officials. Let's bring in the state attorney. Let's bring in the chief of police. Let's bring in those local businesses, right, on that strip or throughout uh, mm -hmm. Ybor. And let's all have a round table. Let's brainstorm. Let's figure out what is the best way moving forward. But to sit here and, 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 and almost, I would just say, condemn the businesses, really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not that's not the, the proper way to go. Well, not only that, but also the other solution was to reopen 7th Avenue for traffic. Yeah. What is that going to have? What, what impact does that have on an altercation between a group of individuals? You know, yeah. okay, so what, because you're relegated to the sidewalk, all of a sudden you're not going to fight? Yeah, yeah. You know, and again, on one of the busiest weekends of the year in, in Ybor City, yeah. you know, so I, again, it's oftentimes it does seem like what's lacking in our local government or all government really top down is, is common sense. That's it.
and 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 unfortunately it doesn't you know from the highest levels it just does not trickle down uh, effectively yeah. um but back to you know uh this a platform points right and to mm-hmm. your point of you know what what is it that i can do at the county level it's really being able to focus in on areas throughout the county that need you know development and knowing that all areas in Hillsborough County aren't the same. The needs right. of Tampa aren't the same. Needs of East County, Plant City, definitely aren't the needs of Carrollwood Lutes, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and one hot topic, and we'll, you know, just to kind of go back, you know, into what we can do getting into office, look at the 500 plus million dollars that are being held right now, uh, you know, Department of Revenue and escrow account, you know, that right. was taken from the transportation tax, the penny tax. Yep. And that money is now being held in an account, but it's not being implemented here at the county level. That's unacceptable. Right. You know, that money should be here for infrastructure, for transportation. You look at that, we have a 22, 22 fire station deficit throughout Hillsborough County. Wow. That's unacceptable. Yeah. Money has been misused in, in areas where it probably shouldn't have been, um, and that now we have paid, right, all of us have paid enough taxes and impact fees and et cetera to be able to, to fund those stations, but we don't have them now. And no, that directly affects homeowner insurance and property yeah. insurance because of that. Well, and the problem is, is that when the economy has been good and prosperous mm-hmm. is when our elected officials have gotten greedy. And all of a sudden, you see all these little pet projects popping up instead of investing, again, in the communities and the parts of our community that need it most. Right. Because truly, I mean, it's we are merely separated by, you know, by streets. I mean, you know, as a county, you know, we're we're just a culmination of streets. So what divides East Tampa from West Tampa? A street. Yes. You know, and so, you know, those are the opportunities where, again, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. And those the prop, prosperous times are when we should be investing in the communities that need it most. Uh, but again, it seems that when those things, when those times come, it's often when, you know, again, all of a sudden new parks are popping up and, yeah. you know, new uh, uh, all these little kind of pet projects, you know, that, yeah. again, were, were they really necessary, you know, uh, and, and then when you you go and ask for the money where it is necessary they're like oh well there is no money for that correct yeah and we're you know and we find ourselves robbing peter to pay paul mm-hmm. uh you know just to cover things like transportation just to cover things like you know building a new fire station right? well notoriously yeah. i mean the county has as uh far exceeded, you know, their, their reach in terms of the monies that came from Raymond James stadium. You know, I believe that we've spent those monies now years in advance, uh, to the point where it's, it's almost irrelevant now. Like it's almost as if that money doesn't even exist because they've tapped those coffers so far into the future, uh, that the money that the, the revenue that the stadium generates, I mean, almost, you know, is already spent. Oh, it's been, it's been for you. And, and, and out of that, so, the stadium majority of it was able to be financed for um, through a community investment tax, right? Uh, uh, that was implemented back in '96, if I'm not mistaken, and 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 from there is actually going to sunset in 2026. You know, while I'm in office, and so people have asked, wow. well, you know, hey, you know, what are you looking at? You know, that tax, right? Mm-hmm. That is a tax that is to go for development like the Raymond James Stadium. That's supposed to go for things like parks, rec, fire, etc. But unfortunately, right, those monies were, I think, you know, you could set pet projects and certain things that didn't have an impact for the greater good 
and more so just for a local area or for a local entity. Yeah. Um, and, and so, if, you know, back to your point about pet projects, you know, we have on the county commission, there's four district appropriated seats, right? And I understand why a commissioner would have, you know, maybe my pet project, my area of focus, because this is my district. I want to bring money to my district. Mm -hmm. It's just like Congress. That's perfectly fine. Okay. But then when you get to the countywide level, it's, well, we need to look at efficacy reports. We need to look at greater impact. You know, if we shouldn't be focusing, you know, if, if we have great urbanization, great development already happening at a particular area in the county, then let's look at maybe an area that's, that's not, you know, so you know, as prosperous or thriving. Let's look at putting right. resources there. And so it just takes someone, you know, actually listening, you know, to the advisors, listening to the community, to the stakeholders. Mm -hmm to be able to give everyone a good representation. Well, again, I mean, uh, you know, looking at Hillsborough County right now, um, like you mentioned, the Carrollwood Lutz area, they're doing fine. Downtown is doing fine. South Tampa, great. South Southern Hillsborough County, also great. I mean, almost, you know, to a detriment because it's growing so fast, you yeah. know, that it's outgrowing the infrastructure. It has. Um, yeah. Which obviously is also a challenge for the county. Yes. Um, but again, that should provide the breathing room to say, hey, let's kind of go back to the core of our county and, and, and improve that. Yes. Because, you know, they all talk about wanting people to move back closer to the city to reduce traffic and to, you know, to improve mass transit and all this kind of stuff. Well, why aren't people moving back towards the city? Well, because some of those areas need a lot of work. And if you don't fix up those areas, well, guess what? People aren't going to move back into those areas. That's right. Uh, and some of those areas, again, have roads, have infrastructure that hasn't been touched in multiple generations. Yeah. They, A, need a lot of work, and B, you know, the cost of living is just exponential. Yeah. It's through the roof. People can't afford it. And then a lot of that just comes back down to transportation, right? Right. Um, how are we going to move throughout the city, right? I mean, un unfortunately, you know, Tampa, Hillsborough County, right, was not really built with the forward thinking of, oh, this economic boom in mind, right? We don't, mm -hmm. unfortunately, we can't, ha we don't have subways. We can't do subways here right, right? Right. <laughs> in Florida. Um, so it's looking at things like possibly light rail, looking at, you know, a bus, you know, system, right? Looking at things that are effective, right? You look at a heart, for example, the Hillsborough area, Regional transportation transit, yeah, but primarily focuses just on the Tampa area. Right? Well, and I've talked to yeah. city council members about because they're obviously obsessed with you know uh, a, a train, light rail, you know um, that sort of thing. And I come from Miami, where we we had one of those or have one of those. Um, and again, going back to common sense, do you know how long it took them to connect their light rail system to the airport? Oh gosh, no, how long it took them? 35 years. Wow. And to me, that's like, well, shouldn't that been where you start? Yeah. Not where you finish. Yes. Um, and all that to say that eventually they started tapping in rough times. They tapped into the coffers for that system. And now it still barely covers, barely services the entire uh, county. It doesn't service the entire county. Yeah. And so there needs to be accountability, you know, for a system like that. But my point is, is that when they start talking about those types of mass transit projects, they always talk about the city. And it's like the city doesn't need it. If I live in South Tampa, I don't need a light rail system to get me into downtown. If I yes. live in Apollo Beach, yes. or if I live in Plant City, or if I live in, you know, even up in USF, you know, yeah, that's where I need it. 
you know, because right. that's the person that's driving 20, 30 minutes every day to get to do to commute. Yeah. Two thirds of our residents live in unincorporated Hillsborough, right. meaning they, they live outside of Tampa, Temple Terrace, or Plant City. Right. How do we service those areas effectively? Yeah. And, and a significant um, amount of the citizens who work in Hillsborough County travel from outside of county lines. They're coming from Pinellas across the Howard Franklin and Gandy. They're coming south right, from, from, from Pasco. Yeah. They're coming over traveling west out you know and, and uh, from polk so it looked at looking at a regional approach for yeah. transportation well and i've told them i go if, yeah. you, if it, like you said if it doesn't make sense yeah. you know it's like it, it the the opposition to a lot of these projects hasn't been partisan as much as as much as it has been in opposition to the fact that it doesn't make sense that's what it comes down to if it makes yeah. sense people are going to get behind it regardless of political ideology Yes. Um, but the problem is, is that the proposals that have come, you know, out of the city and out of the county don't make sense. They don't make sense. And and so, you know, until it makes sense, we're going to continue to have these problems. And well, and, and, and it's finally showing now. I yeah. mean, the the Band-Aid was ripped off during COVID. Right? Mm -hmm. We had been doing the status quo rubber stamping of politics for decades, and then COVID really exposed right, what was happening. And, you know, a lot of what, you know, the, the, the failing infrastructure that we had, the foundation was just withering away from housing, from, you know, transportation, public safety services, parks and recs, fire, you name it. Mm -hmm. And you go, well, man, okay, where was all this? It all came unexposed. So now we are facing, you know, a, a crucial time right now where Tampa is on the precipice of such greatness. Yeah. But if we don't have the right elected officials, right, not Tampa, but just Hillsborough County is a Tampa Bay region. If we don't have the right elected officials, I yeah. can all go. Away no, and we have now. to take advantage of the fact that we are one of the few regions, I would say even nationally, yes. that are prospering even though economically, nationally, yes. we are struggling. Yes. Um, and the fact that so many people are moving here, uh, we need to take advantage of the fact that, again, property values are rising, you know, revenue is going to continue to increase mm -hmm. and do the things that need to be done and make the hard decisions now while we have the resources to do it, That's right. rather than waiting until those resources are gone and being like, oh man, yeah. well, we don't have the money to do it now. Over a thousand people a day are moving to Florida, yeah, and a good majority of them are coming to the Tampa Bay. Region. Absolutely, and so it takes people at your county level, it takes your local city councilmen, elected officials to to have a great relationship, mm -hmm. right, up and downstream with your state elected officials, representatives, uh, with your uh, state senators, right? And it takes that. We've never had that before in the county commission, but now we do with the current county commission, and it's going to continue to grow yeah. and strengthen those relationships. And so I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm building the, the coalition of community leaders. We, we've secured the endorsement of Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, uh, Sheriff Chad Cronister. Uh, we just secured uh, former Attorney General Pam Bondi. That's phenomenal, week, yeah. Which was just phenomenal. Uh, Representative Bernie Jock and many more to come. Um, so, Which, for those, again, who may not know, a yeah. former Attorney General Payne Bonney lives here in Tampa. Yes. You know, and yes. so that's why. I mean, if some people are being like, why would the, you know, it's, you know, she, she's, she lives in South Tampa. You know, right. she, you know, she both, you know, reaps the benefits and also suffers the consequences of, you know, Hillsborough County uh uh, politics and yeah. Hillsborough County Commission. She knows it. She knows it, handing out. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and 
or maybe a month ago, we dropped with our first quarterly reporting. We had outraised every candidate, Republican and Democrat combined. Phenomenal. And so, you know, as a first time candidate, that is completely unprecedented. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's about keeping that momentum, continuing to drive forward and continue what I'm doing right now, with the work of getting out into the community knowing the issues, meeting people, and continuing to fundraise. Well, and I don't think we've capitalized enough. I mean, you just mentioned Pam Bondi, but we need we, don't, we haven't capitalized enough on how much of the state leadership, both past and present, you know, are from this area. I mean, oh, the yeah. governor's from Dunedin. Yeah. Um, and Ashley Moody's from Plant City. You know, we need to capitalize on those relationships and that personal investment. I mean, the Moody's, again, are still uh, a, a large influence in Plant City and, and in the county in general. And, uh, and and we need to leverage those relationships also at the state level, which people don't realize needs to be done to make sure that the state legislature is also investing in Tampa Bay. That's right. And a lot of people tend to forget about Plant City and East County, that's unfortunately. Right. Uh, and, and that's what it's about. I, you look at my calendar right now, you go, oh, my God, what the heck? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> everywhere, all over the county, yeah. every day. And one thing that I stand firm and that I will continue to do is even once I'm elected, I'm going to be on a rotating basis going throughout Republican club meetings, going out to civic associations, just getting out there into the community. People to know that, hey, I'm championing your issues and I'm working for you day in, day out. Well, that's a perfect transition to kind of close this out. Um, I'm going to have, of course, all of your contact information in the description of this video. Um, but if, but please go ahead and share with us anyways, for those who may be listening to the podcast, how they can get a hold of you, how they can make donations, how they can join the campaign. Yes. So uh, Rico Smith, again, running for Hillsborough County Commission District. Yeah. If you want to talk to the camera, uh, the, the little one right there, the little one right there, District <laughs> Six countywide. Um, mm -hmm. So we, the primary election is August 20th of 2024. So next year. So we've got, got quite a bit of runway ahead of us. Good. And then the general election is November 5th. 2024, where I'm going against the Democrat, you know, uh, primary winner. Um, and so uh, please visit my website, www.votericosmith.com. There you see our campaign video, our endorsements, um, the link to donate as well. Um, again, we please reach out at any time. And there you can actually put in your contact information. Um, and one thing I love to say, I love giving my phone number out. So, you know, I'm not someone who shot away it. from it. 813-600. <laughs> 5605. Uh, Perfect. So please, you can reach out anytime. And it's again, it's about being a, a candidate and elected official who uh, is, is accessible. Yeah. All right. One thing that we don't see much of these days, someone who's accessible and actually cares about the community. Well, and again, I would say, you know, because it's so oftentimes the, the hardest uh, organizations to uh, tap into, you know, are the non-political ones, right? But I would imagine HOA meetings, you know, um, you know, any kind of a neighborhood organizations, um, because you know the political clubs are always going to invite you to come and speak and that sort of yes. thing. But you know, it's really the community level organizations that I think you know make the most impact because okay. you meet the people who maybe are not as politically engaged, but obviously have a lot of stake in the game, and so if you happen to have a community organization that you're a part of please reach out to rico and invite yes. him to you know max out his calendar <laughs> yes further, i would love that Good. yeah and um I, I love to finish it off that it's, it's time to bring sound leadership good policies and thriving communities back to hillsborough county all right. Well, thank you so much for thank being you, here. Jimmy. Appreciate you. It's definitely not going to be the last time, you. Uh, you know, before uh, come August. Uh, you know, we'll definitely have you back uh, for an update and to see how things are going. But we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you again. All right. Alrighty. Have a good one.